Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, the host, and I want to thank you for joining us. This episode is brought to us by, I got to say, Battle Hardened Games. They've got a great Kickstarter project that, just, that ended a little while ago, and I'm looking forward to here in a month or two to get my project and I'm looking forward to that. That's Battle Hardened Games. So if you get a chance, go check out their website and you can pre-order their game before it arrives. My guest today is somebody who's ha- I've had on the show. You know, I don't even want to say guest, although how many times have you been on this show? I actually think I've only been on the show maybe three times, but we did do our vidcast for a very long time together. We did. So my guest is Aldo Giazzi from Impressions. Yay. Yay. And uh, Aldo has been in the industry, the board game industry for years. And you and I have a disagreed and agreed and gone round and round on all kinds of topics over the years that this podcast has run. And so I'm, I'm glad to have you on the show because you just came back from the Gamma Trade Show. And for mm-hmm. those who don't know, tell uh, our listeners what the Gamma Trade Show is. The Gamma Trade Show is the uh, business-to-business side of things show for distributors, retailers, uh, game publishers to all get together and talk all the boring business stuff and do business meetings. And right. So all those. Unlike Gen those Con bits. or some of yeah. these other ones, this is not open to the public. It is vendor Correct. to vendor. So you have distributors there, retailers there, um, mm-hmm. game publishers there, right? Yep. yep. And, it, and there's it, seminars for retailers, seminars for publishers. There's, um, there's game nights, which are demo nights but it's really the publishers like demoing to the retailers um, and talking to them about, you know, how the, why the games will sell, not versus, or more, you know, more so versus, um, how to you know, oh, game. this is a strategy game and right. let me show you how it plays and give me your $30. You know, this is publishers getting retailers to say, oh, I'll buy two dozen, right. you know. Or distributors this, yeah. or people like you even, or, right? Yeah, correct. And what is it that you do so that people who haven't listened to the show for a while remember? So impressions is a middleman, basically. So many people walked up to me at the Gamma Trade Show and who didn't know, and they're like, oh, so you're a middleman. I'm like, I guess I should just keep saying that. But the coin phrase is consolidator. So we, we, we work for game publishers handling getting their games to the distributors that carry games. So we're a distributor for distributors. We're a middleman. Uh, we only sell to large retailers and uh, wholesalers. So, now, over the uh, years, your clientele has shifted because in the early days, you didn't have any Kickstarter uh, clients, but coming out of Gamma particularly, but you do have a, a significant number of Kickstarter clients now, don't you? Well, even the, even the companies that, that were around pre-Kickstarter, so many of them are now doing Kickstarter as part of their company. So, I mean, it's become, a, it's become a way of the industry. I mean, that's the reality. And I remember speaking at uh, Gamma one year. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know ca- what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of said, said it's coming. And the word I used was tsunami. A tsunami yeah. is coming. And I had a few people kind of going, yeah, 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 whatever. But no, it's, uh, there is a tsunami. And that's what this episode's about is the tsunami of games that have flooded the market predominantly because of Kickstarter, right? Well, that's true, and it's so funny that don't forget that when you said tsunami, you were speaking to a world, a room of retailers, not consumers. So the retailers were, you know, they were naysaying back then because they thought it, that Kickstarter was going to replace and or steal business from them. But 
quite honestly, I mean, the retailers can complain right now, all my brethren out there, my friends and my accounts, and, but it has beyond – I mean, your prediction of tsunami is true. I give you that. <laughs> it, it is beyond anything I ever thought it could be. Um, uh, distributors, retailers, consolidators, we're all flooded beyond – our brain capacity for the number of games that are out there these well, days. Well, now that's interesting because that's good news, but that's mm-hmm. also bad news. For consumers, it's good news. Hey, look at the plethora of, of choices that you Choice. have out there. Oh, right? yeah. Like I just mentioned Battle Hardened Games. They've got their <laughs> game coming out. There are so many out there, but it's also a bit of bad news. And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about is maybe this other side of, of what's happening with this Kickstarter, Kickstarter tsunami. Well, everybody's – I mean, we're all loving the sales. Like the revenues that are going through this industry right now, everybody's loving it. Stores, consolidators, distributors, we, we don't care. We're just like, oh, my God, all the revenue. But we're all sitting here thinking it's going to deflate someday. Like it's soon. It's got to happen. Like we're worried about this pop uh, because we just think that the consumers one day will be like, oh, I don't have the money to keep spending at this rate because the number one thing you talk to a consumer, they go, oh, I got all these games. I haven't played them. Oh, that's still in its shrink wrapped. Oh, I haven't played the last game I bought from you. You know, that those are the common yeah, the common consumer words. But but aren't we still compa- and and I disagree with you, but and that's why we're going to talk about this is that aren't we comparing this to a baseline that was already so I believe so low because it was so constricted by the traditional model of getting games into the market. It was capital-restricted. It was channel-restricted, vendor-restricted. There just weren't a whole lot of games, and there weren't a whole lot of ways to buy games. And I think – and one of the arguments I had was that Kickstarter is opening up the world to people who never even knew games existed. And now they go to Kickstarter to look at the latest games, and there just seems to be more and more people who want to buy. And one of the data points I'm going to use is one of the data points you brought to me that prompted this, this uh, interview. And that is mm-hmm. you have a vendor – they had a game, they printed a traditional amount of copies, and it was woefully inadequate. Yeah, right now, I mean, look, I'm the first to admit if I'm wrong on guessing or whatever. I mean, I thought the game industry was going to grow and do great. I was happy for the growth. But you're right, the tsunami has just rolled into so many different places, and you are correct. It is, it is brought in people that you would never even think that played games. More and more people that I say what I do for a living – like start going, oh, yeah, my friend's got this game on Kickstarter, and we got Exploding Kittens, and we got Cards Against Humanity, and da-da. they just start knocking off the names, and I'm going, oh, my God, you're just a random normal, normal person. person. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. But um, I personally thought that the industry was going to be constrained by the, the dollars that gamers had to spend, you know, the limited dollars, but it ends up being that it is true that this, the tsunami has brought in so many people from all walks of life that there is a, a chunk load of change that has just come in. And, and it's no longer – and it's no longer – you don't – how do I say this? Because when you and I talked, what's happening now, though, there, there's, there's a bit of a problem, and that is, okay, demand mm-hmm. is continuing to grow. You're worried that we're seeing a peak, but – in the meantime, it is growing, and in some ways, it's even swamping the people who are putting their projects on Kickstarter because they can't fulfill even the demand on Kickstarter, which sounds odd, but that's kind of what you mm-hmm. described to me. Explain that to our listeners. Well, what, what, the biggest problem right now with Kickstarter and that, 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 
that, that success problem, you know, like, you know, victim of your own success, these people, for the most part, I say, for the most part, are people that wouldn't have, let's say, $50,000 to make a board game. They become successful and do, let's say, even 100000 200000 They print their game. They sell out instantly, whether they have distribution or not, and then they don't have the money to reprint and continue on that tsunami surf in that way, <laughs> if you want to keep going with analogies, you know, you know surf in the, the success and that, that big is it because, wave that's coming through. Is it because they only raised enough money to pay for the first print run? Correct. Most people will be like, oh, I got 200000 so now I can print 5000 instead of 3000 or whatever that number is, and that 5000 isn't enough. How, They're sold instantly. And how low without naming any vendors or clients, how low sometimes is that not enough? So if I have 2,500 units, which used to be a traditional mm -hmm. print run, how mm -hmm. low for demand do you have on some of your – that you're seeing out there? Well, I would say the bigger the, – the, the answer to that is there's a bigger percent of bigger numbers out the door, whereby I used to tell people, hey, put aside – 600 to 800 for distribution worldwide. Like, you just put that off to the side, add that to your Kickstarter. That's all we need, maybe 1,000. And now we're blowing out on the distribution side of 5,000 copies in one day. Like, like, literally, the orders all come in and the deadline comes, and boom, all 5,000 are, are accounted for and allocated or, you know, shot out there. And we're getting restocks of 5,000, 3,000, 4,000, whatever the numbers are. And those restocks then, when we announce them, all are going in one day. And the crazy part is these people, even with the success, all go to them and say, look, I can prove to you you should print 10,000 to last you six months or whatever. And they go, I don't have the money for that. I have to do another Kickstarter. Right. So it, it's, a stop, it, it's like the next evolution of Kickstarter. <laughs> and it's where they have to turn around, and some of them are doing it, right? Some of them are turning mm -hmm. around and then doing a reprint of the game by mm -hmm. basically doing another Kickstarter of the same game. Well, yeah, but uh, Kickstarter says, of course, you can't repeat, but they, they kind of put it on the back end. They do it as an add-on. They incorporate it into some reward levels. Like, so there's all this creative stuff going on. I mean, I can tell you companies that have done reprint-ish Kickstarters I'll just name a few. I mean, AJ with Hostage Negotiator for Van Ryder, uh, Level 99 with Millennium Blades, uh, Thunder, Keith and Thunderworks for Role Player. Um, I mean, uh, God, I mean, all these people, I mean, I can, and these are just clients we work with who are like, wow, we sold out so much. We now need to print more. What are we going to do? And what they're looking to do then is to run another Kickstarter. Is that the plan? Correct. Correct. They run another Kickstarter and do it differently. Like, I think, don't quote me on AJ, for example, the hostage negotiator, but he did a Kickstarter that was for, like, his next four uh, packs for hostage negotiator, and he added on reprints of, the original. or he added on the original so people could order that if they didn't, and then used, of course, that money to fund another printing. Now, I saw a hostage negotiator in the store the other day, and yep. it's one, it is the top... What is it? What's its category? It's the top solo game out there. Is that what it is? It's actually every people argue and say it's the number two best one player only game. I'm not saying games that are one through four players, one player only games, because I think Friday is a one player only game and that's been around for a long time and it's always been number one. It might be one or two. Got but it. anyway, everybody says it's one of the top solo games out there. Which is another interesting thing that's happening and that is this subcategorizing, this 
this, this, this niche building of all of these different opportunities that really probably wouldn't have existed without the Kickstarter. But now you can, you can be the number one solo game. I mean, in the old <laughs> days, who would make a game just for one player? But now there is a market for it, right? Yes, um, definitely. Tons. Of, I mean, even Gloomhaven, you know, which has soared through the, the, the BGG ranks and everything, you know, demand-wise, it's a $120, soon-to-be $140 MSRP, um, 20 pound one to four player game. So is that, is that so what changes yeah. then are you seeing? So for our Kickstarter listeners, you just come back from gamma, there's the tsunami. What lessons mm-hmm. do you take away from this? Be- because it sounds like a big problem without an easy solution. Well, am I talking to consumers or am I talking to like retailers and other publishers with that answer? Probably, uh, I don't know. You pick. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, if you're, if you're a publisher, the easiest thing is you're going to have a huge fight as a new publisher getting into anything beyond your Kickstarter. I mean, meaning distributors are going to be like, we're full. You know, um, consolidators like myself, I get one to three new company inquiries a day on average. And I say no to pretty much all of them because we just don't have the room or the capacity. We're a small business in, in reality. I mean, we're not some big giant corporation that is just like, oh, we'll just add another employee and just start taking on more. I mean, it's not that easy for us. But, you know, that, that would be the biggest problem for the publishers is the, getting onto store shelves and getting into distributor warehouses because they're just so full right now. And it's interesting <laughs> because in the early days of Kickstarter, the problem was getting in there because – brand names had the space and then you just weren't known. That's not the problem Correct. anymore, right? Because it sounds Correct. like some of these games, that you, uh, clients that you're talking about, they don't have a track record, or do they? Well, I, they do, but that's the biggest problem. That, that's, what, that's another problem that's come out of this, that with so many game names, so many publisher names, and so many existing big publishers like the Steve Jacksons of the Fantasy Flights still producing so many games – your brain cannot remember everybody. So as a, imagine you're a retailer trying to remember to restock something, even, even with a computer system. There's so many product SKU codes for everything. Did, did you know that there were over 1,000 new releases at Essen alone in Germany in past October? 1,000 new games. New games released at Essen. At one trade show. At one consumer show in Germany, yes. It, 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 it was like 800 the previous year, and now they, they clocked well over 1,000. I mean, this is what I'm saying. How do you as a consumer, a distributor, retailer decide? Can you really buy all 1,000 new games? No. That doesn't even count the companies that weren't there. Yeah, but are we making a mistake that the fact that we're still looking at it through the prism of the past, and that was – Gamers who bought all games that came out, the, uh, the gamer who bought the newest, the, gamers, the gamer who bought every war game that came out, the gamer who bought every mm-hmm. RPG, whatever. I mean, today's consumer is buying this game because they like it, but they're not buying all games because they like it. And so aren't we still looking at this through the prism of the old gamer and not this new market and this new person that's come into the market that just sees games in a very different way? Well, 
yes and no. I, I still believe that those people are so much being collectors and can't get to playing all these games that they're buying on Kickstarter. Like a game shows up and they're like, oh, wow, I'm now three Kickstarter games behind that I haven't played that showed up. Like, they, they, like Kickstarter That's... backers can't even keep track of what they're backing. They're like, oh, look, a, a game. I forgot about that. And that is true. That is true. Um, yeah. I think... it, I'm looking at right now in my office of games that I have to try one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten that I just like coming back from the game of trade show. I got ten that are in shrink wrap that I need to try that I haven't gotten to yet. Well, I, guess, yet. I guess you need to come over and we need to sit down <laughs> and you need to play some of those, right? Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, did you know, I, I know you don't follow role playing games very much, but but in whatever two thousand whatever it was, the three the Dungeons & Dragons 3.0 flood came. There was the RPG flood for a 3.0 product that everybody in the sun was making, and, you know, Dun- Dungeons & Dragons 3.0 product, and so many companies went away. Yeah, but here's the difference, and, and we're about out of time, but the yeah. difference is, is okay. that that was product being shoved on consumers, mm-hmm. and Kickstarter really is consumers demanding product from producers, isn't Correct, that, because they're that, yeah they're they're voting what they want by saying I'll back this rather than oh it's three let's shove a bunch of product and hope the market's out there to support it. In this case, oh I printed my game, I I published two thousand copies and I needed ten thousand copies. That's not the producer or the publisher driving demand. That is demand driving demand. I, I guess that's correct. The, this is a huge consumer driven market right now. Poll marketing. I mean, it's all about poll which is the consumer. I mean, it used to be back in the 90s, we used to push product in the distributors, and the distributors would push it to the retailers. We, we, we as publishers, publishers just relied so much on the distributors to get it into stores and push it into stores. And now, now it's, it's all about the consumer. Oh, it's all about the consumer. All about the Demand. consumer. All right. We're going to have to have you come back and talk some more about these type of topics. Sure. Although, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Aldo Giazzi from Impressions. We've been talking about the tsunami of games on Kickstarter and in the industry as a whole and a little bit about the Gamma Trade Show. Thanks for listening, and thank you to my Patreon supporters who have been out there supporting Patreon to make this show possible. Thanks for listening. Take care.